Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. Another episode of Behind the U, and we are joined by Demarcus Van Dyke, DVD. All, all you DB coaches got nicknames, man. Nobody calls you Demarcus Traveras. It's T Rob and DVD. Demarcus, welcome. Thank you for joining us here. By the way, you got big shoes to fill, but uh, appreciate appreciate you coming on and doing this. Oh man, thank you for having me. Now you know I'm I'm always excited to be with you, man. You're a five star guy, man. <laughs> I am a five star guy, not a five star athlete, but a five star guy. You said it right. All right, so listen, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, but T-Rob came on here and he lit things up. He got everybody all just frothing at the mouth, excited, juiced up for Canes football. So I was like, well, what can we do to make this episode just as interesting? So with T-Rob, I challenged him to give his recruiting pitch right off the bat. For you, I'm going to give you a different challenge. Are you up for the taking? I'm up for it, man. All right, so you're a former Kane, an alumni. You're a big-time dude. You know a lot of guys. You've got that effervescent, smiling personality. So here's my challenge to you, DVD, if you choose to accept. I want you to get one guy that you know that played at the U to crash this podcast. I want you to see if you can get a guy. How much pull do you have, DVD? You came out of the recruiting department. I want to see how much pull you have. Can you get a guy? to join the podcast. Do you think you could pull it off? Yeah, I think I can. I, I, I can. I can. While we're doing these first couple of questions, you shoot out a couple of messages and you see what kind of pull you got. I got you. Now, if we go the full hour empty, dude, that's a bad look. I just want to let you know that. What if I get two guys? Well, then you're top of the world, my man. <laughs> hey, what do they say? Under promise and over deliver. So, <laughs> hey, you can go three if you want. I'm not going to stop you. Oh, hey, I'm telling you that, man. I'll do it. All right. So there we go. Challenge has been set. Now it's time to get into the Q&A session. And if I see someone pop up, then we'll let them introduce themselves and surprise the audience. All right. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. So we mentioned T-Rob. But first of all, let's just back this up. Congratulations. Man, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Dream come true. <laughs> Give me the juicy details. Come on. Bonda gets the job at Utah State. Everyone thinks you're out the door. When does Mandy call? What does he say? What's your reaction? Obviously, man, you know, Coach Brandon, you know, he, he thought highly of me, you know, to offer me the job to Utah State. And um, he got the job, you know, I, you know doing a bowl game. We, we kind of heard, you know, rumors about it. And, you know, after the bowl game, he told us, you know, he's going to Utah State. And he said, hey, man, DVD, I want to take you. He's my corner coach. I said, all right, well, cool, you know. I'm cool with it. Let's go. Obviously, you know, I took Coach Diaz, you know, hey, Coach, man, you know, I'm, I'm going over to Utah State. You know, thanks for everything. And, you know, Coach Diaz, man, he like, hey, I want to talk to you. So I was all right. So um, we talked about it, you know. And wait, 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 wait. When you say he, we talked about it in that conversation, was there a job offer? Yes. Okay. But it wasn't a hundred percent. It was like, you know, let's just wait and see how things play out. And I'm gonna let you know. I was like, okay, cool. You know, a few days went by, you know, he called me and offered me the job, but they kind of felt like, you know, 
I was getting drafted again. Like, you know, like when the Raiders called me, it was the same people now. My mom was here, my, my wife was here. It was just, it was just crazy, man. It was a surreal moment when he called me. He was like, hey, DVD, man, you know, I'll offer you the combat job here in Miami. Would you take it? I said, man, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, man. He, he started laughing, you know. He was like, man, only we say the only thing that I got that he could put in the contract is I cannot guard him doing noon hoops. <laughs> so yeah, cause me and him got we got we we be clashing noon hoops, man. We We'll be going at it. So he said, I can't guard him. But, you know, I'm, I'm still guarding because we're both competitors. <laughs> Break down the Manny Diaz hoop game. He's like Tyler Hero. When the ball in his hand, you got to make sure you play defense because he can shoot from anywhere on the court. You know, he, he'll he drive sometimes and he, he'll like Chulea, but his game is round the arc, man. You know, he that's his game. Man. He's like Tyler Hero, man. He going there. Shoot, if he drive, you know, he'll do a little, little finger roll, but he get his money around the, around the um, three-point line. I feel like he'd be a little, he's feisty, too. Like I feel like he's like a gritty, tough, no back down kind of guy. Oh yeah, that's hey, me and him, we we go at it. I be surprised because you know, cause Diaz like he's like forty, like forty five, forty six, and I'm like thirty two, and I be running around. He be giving me little bowls and playing defense, man. Hey, that's that's good. That's good pet up nature in here, man. You see it like he slapping the floor like he played for Duke. Like let's go, like me and him. I, I love going against Coach Diaz. Cause I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a good work in with him. Now let me ask you this: if it's a bad whistle, do you call him out on it? I don't call fouls, but he don't call he don't call fouls either, which is crazy. He don't okay. Like he, I mean, one time, man, you know, him and Pata, you know, we we will play basketball. You know, Edwin Pata, big dude, Coach Diaz, go to the hoop, and like Pata fouls, and Coach Diaz just keep playing, like he don't even like say anything. He's like, all right, let's go. So I'm like, man, and, and Pata fouled him hard, like don't come in, don't come in here again, don't come in here again. Yeah, don't come in again. Coach Diaz went in, you know, smooth. Got the N one and he didn't even call a foul. So I was like, all right, we, we got it, man. You're, you're a tough guy. All right. So I, I'm not sure everyone here wants to hear about a Miami football coaching staff hoop game. But the last thing before we get into the good stuff, who's got the most game? You look at him. <laughs> you look at him, man. You're like, you're like a mini Kevin Durant. Oh, no. they Well, well all my friends call me, oh, uh, yeah, uh, KD. They, they call me K, KD or uh, Dirk Nowinski. They're all like, you know, guys like, if like Sean Spence, Allen Bailey, all those guys, Lamar Miller, who I play basketball with, they call me Dirk, like Dirk and Whiskey. You got the leg up? Oh yeah, one one leg up, you know, everything, man. I, I got the whole game. You know, I got the the, the drive game, the, the mid-range game, three-point game, everything. Can you throw it down? Back in my old days, right now, I stay healthy. I kind of stopped away, man. You know, I, I'm 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 up there in age now. <laughs> hey, you said I was five stars, so watch this segue. Talking about game, let's talk about T Rob's game on the phone with recruits. I want to know in the, in the short time he's been here, have you seen him work the phones? And if you have, how good is he? Man, like I, he was talking to this one kid, man, yesterday, man. And I want, I wanted to commit. <laughs> I wanted to commit, man. Cause he's, he's so, so he's, he's so like authentic. You know, he's he going to keep it here. He's a, a straight shooter. And like, you know, I, and we kind of like feel each other, you know, like I, I feed off him, feed off me, and, and when he talked to the kid, he tell him, "Hey, look, I've been doing this for ten years, man. You, my resume speaks for itself." He got a lot. He got a good selling pitch to all these kids, man. What till you guys can get out on the road? Oh man, T. Rob's name carries a lot of weight down here. It does, man. And I didn't know that. You know, I kind of, I kind of heard of him. You know, we, we met a few times. When I was at when I was at ASA on the recruiting trail. You know, I ain't had no shot of recruiting against him, but you know, just seeing him out there. You know, we always spoke. You know, gave me little pointers, and now we're working together. I'm, I'm excited for it. 
as you guys have come together and started talking about defensive back play, how do you guys see the world of defensive back play? We see it at the, at the, on the same you know, spectrum, man. You know, just thinking of T. Robin Highlight, the, the same terminology he used at South Carolina, I used it in that. Like I used, like my coach in the NFL used, you know, his techniques that he used in college, I used it in the NFL. So we're on the same page in, in every aspect. And recruiting, we got the same game plan, you know, method, you know, be real with these kids, you know, we've been in their shoes, you know, these kids were honesty. And he's he's a funny guy, and people say I'm a funny guy. So it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know, we got our we, we can relate to these kids in different ways than other guys can. All right, DVD. What's the best advice he's given you so far when it comes to recruiting? Man, he just told me to just be just be yourself. These kids can see through the fake. You know, they the parents see through the fake also. That's some things that you know that I've seen throughout my my three years at Miami. How how parents you know they they know when it's genuine and. And that's 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 about it, man. He I just pick like off him. Man. I just pick his brain every time I get a chance to doing breaks. We come in early, probably like at six thirty-seven. Just watch kids, watch fan, watch recruits, and just pretty much just try to just perfect this thing. It's going to Miami. All right. Now, when he was on the podcast, he said, you know, DVD. He kind of he kind of laid up in his lap a little bit. He started his coaching career at the University of Miami. He had to go to Western Kentucky and Southern Miss and Texas Tech. So did he give you a hard time about that at all? Has he rib- has he rub- has he rubbed you a little bit and kind of given you a little shot? No, nah, he he haven't brought that up to me yet. Just remember, you started ASA. Make make sure you remind him of that. Well, actually, I started at my my son little league team. Okay, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So people forget about that. So and that's like you know I'm chasing six year olds, seven year olds around, and then I went to ASA. You know, I did a year over there, and I had probably like my DB room was like thirty guys. I had fifteen safeties, fifteen corners. And I had to deal with that, you know, and on top of recruiting. And he always, I, I, he, you know what, he brought it up one day about me having the, my first big time job at the U. His first job was at West Kentucky. But I told him, I thought of that, uh, me and my Wolverines, my son. <laughs> How was that endeavor? I've coached my son too. It's challenging. It, it, was, it, was, it was fun, you know, just to be out there. To, it, it, it's different. It's different. All right. So what'd you learn at ASA? I learned how to, you know, how to be patient. You know, and also I learned how to how to teach kids. You know, you know, versus you know, um, you know, as a player, you know, I, I can. It's, it was hard to, for me to teach the kids how okay what to do, but now at AS, I had to like pretty much learn. Okay, break down film. I, I based my old my, I was my own GA. I had to break down film. You know, I had to recruit pretty much the whole day county, a lot of things, and it, it made me the the grind. I was I was a uh, I was uh, the equipment manager. The DB coach, recruiting coordinator, the JV coach, everything. But I, I loved it, man. I loved the ASA. All right. So we challenged you, my friend. Yeah. And I think you've come through. Yes. Somebody is joining the pod. Sir, can you please introduce yourself to everybody? <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. Please introduce yourself to the audience. Alan Bailey, class of 2011. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Behind the You podcast, Mr. Bailey. Thanks for doing no this. You, you now... You have now made your boy look really good because we, <laughs> we challenged him. Was he going to come through? And in 10 minutes, he landed a 10-year NFL stud. I can't let my boy down now. <laughs> now, he claimed he might get more than one. He might. He, he might get a couple, man. You're looking good there, my friend. So where are you at right now? Where are you, where are you calling us from? Wait, 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 wait. We have somebody else. DVD with a lot of pull. All right. Someone else has joined the pod. Can you please introduce yourself, sir? What's up, man? Sean. Sean Spence. Sean Spence in the building, y'all. <laughs> now, how about this? What's going on? 
How you doing, man? I'm good. I can't complain. How y'all doing? Good. What's all right? First, Alan, where are you at right now? I'm in Miami. You're in Miami. And Sean, you're outside somewhere. What are you doing? I'm picking up some food to go, man. What are you at? Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I'm at Chick-fil-A. All right. You get the you get the Polynesian sauce? Nah, uh the Chick-fil-A sauce. Chick-fil-A sauce. I got the kids waiting with me in the car. So it's gonna get loud. That's all right. We're, we're not gonna keep you too long. So DVD, these are your boys, huh? He's my guys right here, man. He's my guys, man. So you and Alan came in together, correct? Yes. Yeah. DVD, I want the first time you saw Mr. Bailey, what'd you think? What is this guy eating? And Mr. Bailey, what, what Mr. Sapelo Island? What'd you think of Mr. Twig over there at DVD? Same thing you said, Twig. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And shot and Mr. Oh. All the kids in the car, man. Oh, we got a whole but we got a whole packed car yeah, in there, nah, bro. Yeah, I, I got a full house. You got a full house. All right, so look. Sean, before we, I want to let you go because you got a full house. I want to know how happy are you for Demarcus to be the DB coach at the University of Miami, your school? Uh, man, I'm super happy. Um, he's well deserving of it. I feel like he and his calling. I always tell him that even when he was in recruiting, he he recruited me out of high school when he was a freshman at Miami. He he used to be at all like uh, all our games in high school, and then even when we was coming out uh, to the NFL after he signed with Drew, he would recruit me to Drew. <laughs> So he always been a recruiter. So that's why I think that's why he's such a great recruiter. He's been doing it all his life. And I'm I'm happy for him, man. He get uh, the coach at his alma mater, where he played at, and where he did a lot of great things. And I'm looking forward him, to, to him doing a lot of great things. Are we going to be seeing you around? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be down. I'll be down there. Sean, I'm going to let you go because you got the kiddies, man. Thanks for doing this drive-by, crashing the podcast, and making your boy look good. All right. Y'all have a good one. Bye, DVD. Bye, DVD. All right, so Sean is out. So, Alan, we'll keep you for a few, and then we'll let you go. But I'll ask you the same question. How happy are you for DeMarcus? Extremely happy. Yeah, I, I had the inside scoop, so, you know, I had to keep it on the hush myself. But, no, extremely <laughs> happy for him, man. I know how much his family loves you, how much he loves you. So, for him to be there, it's, it's pretty amazing to see. I know your story. DVD knows your story. But can you please explain to some of the people that don't, growing up on Sapelo Island, if I even said that right? Yeah, you said it right. Uh, most people pronounce it wrong, but it's, it's pretty pretty close to dead on. Uh, this man, growing up, taking a ferry every day, getting up every morning early, about 6 o'clock, getting ready for school, and kind of the same routine my whole life. Even to this day, I still have to take the ferry to go home to my mama's house. So, yeah. So what do you think when you first landed in Miami? A little bit of culture shock. Not, not too, too much, but it's a little bit, you know, because – Used to people being more, you know, polite and more, you know, open. But down here, it's like everybody has something to do or somewhere to go. By the way, I think we got, I think we got DVD. We got the juice firing because I see that phone working. He's trying to get somebody else in, aren't you? Oh, he, man, he's always working. Social media or, you know, trying to get him in. Uh, so, DVD, you got a good Alan Bailey story? Come on. You got to have something good to share with us. For the I got one. I'll tell everybody this story. <laughs> one day, we was in the dorms, right? And, I, and Alan told me to be quiet. It was, and I and I would just keep talking. I just kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. So Alan came over to my bed and grabbed me by my feet and had me hanging upside down like this and told me, hey, man, be quiet. Go to sleep. I was like, you know what? I, ain't, I want no problems, dog. <laughs> All right. Is that a true story? Can we confirm or deny? It's true because we're freshmen, so we know we had five or 545 workouts. And yeah. so we had, we had to walk from the dorms. It was like a 15, 20 minute walk in the morning. So we get back at what, four or something and to leave. So yeah, it was already like 11 o'clock. So he was still going ham. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Well, listen, I, I saw him working the phone, so he, he has got someone else to join here. Who else we got? Who else we got to join? Please introduce yourself. Please introduce yourself for the people. What's happening, fellas? Travis Benjamin. Fastest cane in history right up, man. The fastest cane in history right up, man. The fastest cane in history. Appreciate the love, fellas. Well, wait a second. That's coming from a guy who ran a 428 at the 40. So, hey, trust me. He's faster than me. I see him on the track. We always competed during our time at Miami, man. It was, it was a big feeling for us. It was a great thing we had, we had going, competing with, with each other. Who got the best of each other? Travis or DVD? Alan, I'll let you answer that. I don't want Alan. Who got the best? Who got the best of that matchup? Oh, I tried a couple of deep balls on us a few times. Only person that could catch him is DVD. So me. It was 50-50, man. I'm going to be real. 50-50. Now on that track, <laughs> it was whole 80-20 his way. I can't even look. Travis, are you uh you good with that answer? Yeah, I'll be I'm good with the answer, man. <laughs> so what do you think about your boys, Mr. Big Time now? DB coach at the U. Uh, it's big for him, man. It's, it's a long time dream for uh, Van Dyke. I know he's been waiting for this moment, and I can't wait to see what's in store for him. You have to watch any of the games this year, Travis? What do you think of that new offense with Mr. Lashley? Oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. The way they move up and down the field, and King had a great season. I happen to have him back when he come back healthy. Hopefully, we have a good season this upcoming season. All right. Well, look, I, I don't know what DVD's doing. He's blowing this whole thing up. We got somebody else coming in here. <laughs> Hold on. I right, appreciate you guys. All Thank right. You for having see you, Travis. See you, buddy. Bet, Trap. All right, Alan, real quick before you go, one thing, because this will be good for the people. You played for Jess Simpson last year with the Falcons. Give us your thoughts on him. Uh, DVD said you're a big fan. Jess is an honest guy, a great coach. He's not going to be around a bush. He's going to put players in the best position with their ability to help us, you know, help anybody win, help your team win. And so, yeah, he's going to develop players with their skill set. So I've always been a big fan. I know who you're taking in the Super Bowl, right? That's got to be easy. Oh, no, no, man. I ain't even getting in there. It's 50-50. I'm going to leave it like it is. <laughs> I ain't going, I'm, not, I'm not going that route. No. Nah. All right. Mr. Bailey, thank you, sir. A pleasure seeing Good you. Good to see you. All right. The last man to join the crowd. This is the this Don't, don't mess with this guy because he might put you behind bars. Can you please introduce yourself? <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Marcus Forstner here. What's going on, guys? I asked DVD to get one guy. He's now gotten five. You, Spence, Alan <laughs> Bailey, Travis Benjamin. Tell T-Rob that. <laughs> That's right. T-Rob, you just... So T-Rob, T-Rob, Travis Robinson was on here before, and the fans were going nuts. So I challenged DVD to take it up a notch, and he he's crushed it. <laughs> yeah, that's my boy, man. Anything for DVD, man. Now, you got the 99 jersey hanging on your wall. DVD says he needs a little work in his man cave. Damn, yeah, he got to do some work, man. I've been doing a little something. Just got my cooler made. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's big time right there. He's big time. Yeah, man. So I'm trying to swift it up a little bit. Tell everybody what you're doing these days. Currently in Atlanta. I'm in law enforcement up here. I've been with the Atlanta Police Department for five years. DVD trying to get me back down there <laughs> so I can work with the team and be able to um, just get on with um, Hudak. So you want to get on with Hudak and be team security? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Any, <laughs> any, any chance that actually happens? It's a good possibility, man. I just got to make my mind up and convince the family to come back down. You miss Miami? Oh, yes, absolutely. There's nothing like it. All right. How happy are you for this man right here to be a coach at his position at his alma mater? Oh, man, that, that's amazing, man. That's something um, you dream about, again, like getting into life after football, right? Everybody want to get into coaching, but to actually be able to coach at the school where you played at and be able to get that position, you know, where he leading a lot of those young guys. It's something that he's been doing for a long time, you know what I mean? But also just 
be able to just do that. This is amazing. Hey, DVD, what'd you think of that Northwestern eight when they came in, bro? Those were some great kids, man. Great, great football player. They, they pushed me every day in practice to get better. You know, this is what they brought to the table, man. You know, those guys put that winning attitude and it, it, it took, it, it kind of took us to that next level, you know, um, and I think in, in the program, you know, I think we, I think we, we could have won more games, but they, they, those guys didn't let nobody slack up. We just got here, Marcus Foster, man. You know, if if a cornerback wasn't tackling or safety wasn't tackling, you got to see Big Boom in the locker room, you know, because he gonna make sure everybody tackled that on that defense. And uh, just like Sean Spence, they held us accountable, man. Those, those guys, man, was there was a group of guys and then great players also. Yeah, I would think DVD crossing paths with Marcus Fortson on the being on the wrong end of an argument or a conversation wouldn't have been too much fun back in the day. Right, that, that wasn't fun at all, man. But on a basketball court, different thing. I, he he can't touch the court, bro. And, and on the streets, I give it to him. <laughs> Marcus, you care to rebut that attack from, from Mr. Van Dyke? I'll be, I'll be down in two weeks, man. So I'm bringing my basketball, I'm bringing my basketball and my basketball shoes with me. So we're going to have to find out about that. Take him down in the post, bro. I guarantee you he can't cover you. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, Marcus, thanks for doing this, man. Be good, and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, DVD. You got any more, do you? I'm done, man. I just, I just make sure you tell T-Rob that I won. Because we're already competing. You just emptied the holster right there. Hey, man. You're my guy, man. I told you, you're a five-star recruit. I got I to gotta bring the whole thing to you, man. You're a five-star recruit, right? I am a five-star recruit. And you're a five-star recruiter. <laughs> hey, I hope so, man. <laughs> All right, so real quick, now that those guys are gone, seriously, have you ever seen anyone that looks like Alan Bailey? His, uh, his younger brother, before he passed, was just like Alan. Big, uh, same, like, big, fat. He, but he, did, he, he didn't play football, but he was a huge dude, just like Alan. It was crazy. How country was he when he got, when he got to the U? When he first came, he only wore slides. He didn't want no fast food. He because he wanted that country food. The what he with his mom cooked the everything he got. He he went to go hunt. Everything he ate, he he hunted it down. You know, so he came here with different form, and um, he started adjusting to it. You know, like mid freshman year, sophomore year, and he became. You know, he just came Miami boy. But Allen was man. He was country boy all the way, man. I love that guy to death, man. That's my body guard. We say Saplow Island. I mean, literally, he lived on an island right off the shores of I don't know what town in Georgia. But literally, when he said he took a ferry, he had to take a ferry to get into town to go to school. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, he actually stayed on the mainland with one of his best friends during the week and then he'll go home on the weekend. So I, I've been on the island a few times and uh, it's, it's a great experience. You know, my first time there, I was like kind of I was culture shock, man. You can't your, my phone wasn't working, you know, it was. It was wild hogs running around, you know, with alligators and, and little ponds. You know, we going to ferry to the ferry going over to the island. She dolphins like jumping, like just flipping in the water and things like that. It was, it was like a because I, I heard stories of it because he was telling me the stories while I was actually like living. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And uh, there's a good, there's a good story. It's a good island, man. I, I I try to go once a year with my family so my son can enjoy the outside, the, the nature. You know, put his put the phone away. Run, run outside with no shoes on, you know, jump in the water, you know, go fishing and things like that. Take me with you next time. Hey, I'm gonna definitely will, man. Got to, man. Did you catch anything? Did you make your own dinner or did you rely on Alan? My funny story, my first time going over there, Alan told me, hey, man, go in the kitchen, man, look at the sink. So I said, what's in the sink? He's like, man, look, look in the sink. So I look in the sink. It's a, a raccoon, skint. Like, I was like, oh, my God. So that, my first time over there, I think I probably, ate, I, I, I probably ate bag of Cheetos the whole time. I was, I didn't, I didn't know what I was eating. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this. 
But you know, the second time, you know, we, we went fishing. Well, my fish kind of like we kind of like it's like they have like this big old like this uh this net and about like 50 yards they, they put in the water and then like I was holding it and he was holding the other side. It's it on my Instagram page. And we just like was walking in the water, just dragging um, just catching like clams, uh shrimps, fish, everything, man. We ate it that night. It was a big, it was a good deal. That sounds really good. All right. So now this is your podcast. It's behind the you. So we got to get back into your story uh, before we got interrupted there by a couple of guys. We were talking about what you learned at ASA. Now, ASA is a JUCO in Miami that came around a few years ago. It's where you got your start. How did you get that job? Oh, actually, you know, it was like my, my last year, coach, my last year playing. I kind of like, you know, I got, you know, got forced retired by the NFL. You know, my phone wasn't ringing anymore. So I kind of like, you know, look, OK, what's my next journey? You know, me and Coach, and coach Shannon, with my former coach at Miami, you know, we had a we have a great relationship. We talked a few times, like, hey man, you need to get into coaching. I said, uh, I'm not too sure. He's like, hey man, just think about it. He he he, he said some some few schools to me. He was like, hey, look, you know what? It's a joint college it's called ASA. Go try to go, go think about it. One of my former teammates at Pace named Jeffrey Eugene, he was the old line coach there. So he kind of like plugged me in. I did my interview there. I got it, I got hired on the spot. It was a good deal, a good year there. I met some good people there. It was awesome. And had the door open at Miami. I mean, obviously, you're a Miami guy, alumni, et cetera. But how, how did that next move happen? It, one year later, you're working under Coach Rick and the defensive staff. You know, because Mario Smith, my mentor, you know, he had like a foundation called Truth Blood Foundation. And um, he every spring break, we link up and we take kids to different colleges in, in South Florida, like FIU, FAU, Miami, things like that. And we that one, the one spring, we, we took the kids to Miami. And I met Coach Rick, you know, met Coach Banda. And uh, Coach Mick Abandon, we, we exchanged numbers and we talked, you know, throughout that whole year. And we built, we built a relationship. And that after my first year ASA, I went to the convention. And I, at the convention, I ran to Coach Bandon and Coach Diaz. And uh, Coach Bandon was like, hey, man, you know, man, was fought before you at Miami. Would you take it? I was like, of course. Why wouldn't I? And he was like, okay, well, I'll let you know in a few days. Uh, just keep on hush. And uh, two days later, he called me. Offered me the job, I took it. I was so excited. I was, I was like, man, dream come true. I'm back at the U, man. So, yeah, that's how I played out. All right. So, you start off as what a defensive analyst, correct? Yes. And then Manny comes to you when he takes over and says, "I want you to move to the recruiting department." Yes. What did you think when he first brought that idea to you? Oh, I was, you know, I was excited. You know, it was anything for the program. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't bitter about it. It was, I was like, hey, man, I'm ready. You know, I'm. Cause I, cause, cause Diaz, his vision for the the recruiting department was basically be more, be more personal. You know, uh, have somebody, you know, kids come on campus, take them on tours. You know, guy things like that. And I think it was kind of, we was kind of lacking that department in the previous, uh, previous regime. I was like, yeah, I'm down for, it. I'm ready. Whatever you need me to do. And I was, uh, I, I, I attacked it full head of steam and rest history. The rest is history. So you, Cooney, and, and Patter, right? That was a three headed monster. Yes, me, Cooney, and Patter. I want to ask you this now. Um, this, this is a little deeper. So you're a former player, right? You came to the U, at, you know, right after Coach Coker, right? Everyone thought, you know, every time a new coach takes over, every, there's always optimism, right? This is going to be the year for the U. This is going to be the time for the U. And obviously, it's been about 20 years since Miami's been at the level that everyone wants. And you came in, had to play under that. And now you're part of the staff with those same expectations, do you have a greater appreciation now as a coach having to accomplish that than, than maybe when you were as a player and fully understanding what's at stake? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, 
because you know it like you said i came in i came into it you know when the same hey let's get back the, the we need to get back to the, back to the old days and as as a player you don't really you kind of you 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 acknowledge it but you really don't understand what's going on in the outside world but as a coach now it's kind of like is is you gotta you gotta make sure these guys understand what's going on and uh, make sure they on their p's and q's and things like that. So I have a, a, a different a different understanding of it now. You also have a greater appreciation because there there are former players out there that get frustrated right with what's happened. But you know it's been a long cycle, right? So being that you're on the inside, right? You've been a defensive analyst. You've been in the recruiting department. Now you're coaching, understanding the steps that it requires to get Miami to where everybody wants it to be, right? You, Manny, Mark Richt, Randy Shan, everybody wants it to be that. What would you say to the guys to, to help them maybe understand the process that is being undertaken to, to accomplish that? That it's not just, hey man, I know you guys did it. It's just not as easy as you want it to be. Yeah, it's not, man. You know, we, um, you know like you said, like it's, it's definitely, a, definitely a process, you know, like like last year we went six and seven, you know, but um, for the first year was six and seven. This year we went eight and three, which I, I think we could have had. We could have could have been a better record, but we went eight and three. And Coach Diaz is doing a great job of you know of instilling to these guys you know how to win. You know that's that, that's the, that's a huge a huge part of becoming a, a great program. Having our guys understanding how to win in situations where like you know this year we came back. We had a, a stretch where we was down a few games and came back. I just tell the guys this this trust the process, man. You know Coach Diaz on the he got everything going right. You know. I know I started looking in, you know, you guys wanted to be like right now, but like you said, man, it's a process, man. You know, and, and I, I trust Coach Diaz. All right. Um, so let's talk about coming to the University of Miami. You come as part of Randy Shannon's first class, Alan Bailey's in that class. So that's a transition year. Those, those classes are always uh, interesting, right? Because a, a coach is leaving, a coach is coming. What was, what did Randy, what was the vision he painted for you back then as a, as a senior coming out of Monsignor Pace in terms of he had big visions for the program? Right. You had big goals for yourself. What was it that he said to you that made you want to be a part of his program? Oh, man, he just he just sold me on just pretty much staying home and playing for my city. You know, uh, at the time I was committed to Florida. A lot of people said I was crazy for decommitting and coming to Miami, but I, I just had to, my, my gut feeling just felt like, man, that's Miami where the, my heart was at. Because Shannon was basically like, look, man, you know, stay home, you know, play for your city. You know, it can play out for you in the long run, you know. And, and, and bigger things, and, and I trusted him. I came here, you know, like you said, I wish we could have won more games and things would have been a lot better, but I still, if I had to do it all over again, I, I'd choose Miami again. I do the math here. So you're growing up in Miami, right? Yeah. So I'm saying when you're a teenager, 12 years old, 13, that's when Miami's crushing it. Yeah. Did you grow up a Canes fan? I grew up a Canes fan, man. I grew up a Canes fan. You know, my mom, she's a Gator fan. Well, I was a Kings fan because she's from. She was born in Gainesville. Oh, that's my, fine. my granddad, yeah, that's fine. My whole family, yeah. My my grand my grandma was born in Gaines, was born in Chiefland, Florida. My granddad was born in Williston, Florida. So that's like kind of like twenty miles away from Gainesville. So they all was Gators. So I was the only Kane fan. I was down in Miami, and I just liked the Kings. You know, um, my aunt my aunt was married to Tampa Bay. So I always go to their house and see the look, you and Hammond on the floor and like put it on and things like that. My uncle was best friend with Randy Shannon. So every time I go to my uncle's house, I see Coach Shannon in, in, uh, in the backyard, you know, just playing cards. So it was always in me. So was that a tough decision to, to flip or no? It was tough, you know, just because my mom made me tell Coach, Coach Urban Wyatt and Coach Doc Holliday that I wasn't coming. That was the toughest part, you know. I had to, had to be a man and tell him. That's probably my toughest part. But 
once Coach Shannon got the job and we, we talked about everything, it was easy. The way I understand it, and I don't know this to be 100% true, but you can clarify, Osby Randy came in at a unique time too, right? He was kind of armed with, with doing things a certain way, right? So there were, there, were, there were some unique rules, apparently. Practice times, no names on the back of the – what do you remember about some of that? Oh, man, it was, it was different. I mean, my first year I had uh, – we had no names on our jerseys. It was kind of like a – it was, it was different because, you know, growing up in your whole life, you want to go to college for so one thing, that get that name in your jersey. My first job, I didn't get it. So it was kind of like, ah, uh, like it was, it was weird. And different rules that Coach, like different rules that Coach Shannon had, it was kind of like it was, it was crazy, but it made us better student athletes. And uh, I'm forever grateful for those rules he had, you know, like just study hall rules, you know. Uh, what was a consequence of not doing whatever the rule was in regards to study hall? Man, like Coach, Coach Shannon used to have us like, you know, if one freshman missed study hall, the whole freshman have to roll. And I ain't like rolling, man. I, and what I did was I used to, like, you know, put a little bug in, in Allen ear, like in Allen, like, yeah, like, look, Allen, man, I know you don't like rolling, man, so make sure those guys go to study hall because everybody was scared of Allen, even though he's just a cool guy, but his presence alone would scare you. So I was like, hey, look, Alan, make sure X, Y, and Z is at study hall today, man, because I know you don't like rolling. So nobody like rolling, and I ain't like rolling. So that was kind of one thing I had that, that was probably the toughest thing I had that, but that Coach Shannon had for me. Everything was easy. So let me, so I assume rolling is, you're literally going up and down the field, just flipping on your back. Rolling like sideways, like. Right. Just turning, constantly turning yourself over on the on the ground, on your back, facing the dirt, back on the dirt, facing the dirt, back in the dirt. Yeah, I was like, ah. Oh. Getting up, the, whole, the world is spinning. Now, is that wake up early and do that, or is that after practice? Wake up early in the morning and do that, man. Wake up early. <laughs> so that's never fun. Never fun. Never fun. But it was, it was, it made us better, though. Didn't you guys also practice early? Yeah, we practiced at 545. You know, 545 was our practice time. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it. You know, we, you, I wake up early. I was an early riser anyway. Wake up early, like at 445, 5 o'clock, you know, get to practice. And you have your whole day off, you know. You have the rest of the day. You practice like five forty-five to like seven thirty. Got class, and you pretty much have the whole day to do extra stuff. Like you know, you want to come out to the facility, watch film, do extra stuff on the on the on the field. And it was like you know, it was perfect for me. A lot of guys didn't like it, but I, I loved it. In your first ever game, you start as a freshman. Yes. What do you remember about that game? Oh man, I was I was I was excited, man. You know. Uh, my first, my first college game. I'm starting to freshman. It was, it was surreal. You know, go out there, you know, run through the smoke. I think I actually almost failed running through the smoke actually, because I didn't, I didn't. You know, I, you, you, at our first time, my first time running through the smoke, I was like, okay, maybe it's just like a, it's gonna be boom and that's it. But you know, you run through it, it stays like at least about five seconds. It's so thick. Like, you, it's thick. It's thick. It's thick. So you, I'm running. I'm like trying to feel where I'm going, and I almost tumble. Like, oh man, it's just, a, it's a bad start of my freshman career, but. I remember one day, you know, uh, jamming the receiver out of bounds and just being excited. I didn't care what happened. I just, I just wanted to, con- to have some type of, like, contact with somebody else and just pull out about my frustration of me having to shave my hair off and things like that on somebody else, man. Shave your head off because that's all, all the freshmen sort of write a passage, right? Yeah, that was the bad back in the day, yeah. So you what, there was a ball DVD? Ball DVD, man. I kind of, I think I had a little bit of hair, you know, right, like, you know, like a little buzz cut that first game but I don't it wasn't a lot so um you know hard rock stadium is different now the way it is i mean it's 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 electric but you got to play in the orange bowl 
And it's and it's funny the re, you're doing the research for this. I didn't, you know, that was your your first year was it was the last year. Yeah, that's pretty neat that you you're part of that transition group, right? That still got to cherish that part of University of Miami football history. Yeah, it was it was it's very unique, man. I, I to this day I'm like, man, this is I missed the orange boat, man. It was it's something about I remember just growing up, just going to the games. I'm walking around that walking up the ramp and things like that. I missed that. That was that was a unique stadium, man. We had Travis Benjamin on. So how tough was he to cover? Man, Trav, man, I'm gonna say this. Travis pulled a lot of hamstrings in practice. I'm not gonna say me, but he it was it, it wasn't fun sticking him, you know, because you kind of knew what he was doing, but you still couldn't stop it. And he was so humble. You saw he's he's a humble guy. He don't really celebrate, he just catch the ball and just give it to the coach or give it to the ref and just jog it back. I call him the quiet assassin. The quiet assassin. By the way, he wasn't pulling his hamstring, he was pulling everyone else's, right? Yes, they put everybody else's hamstring because we're trying to chase him. Can anyone catch him? Anybody? Well, you know, like I said, it was it was 80-20. It was, it was 50-50 on the field between me and him. You know, I kind of, you know, we had we had our battles, you know, some days, you know, when I went out there and because I, I try to like jug at him just to get him started. And he uh, say something back and then okay, now I'm ready now. But for the time he won't say anything and it's it's no fun. We had Marcus Fortson and Sean Spence join us, right? And they were part of that legendary recruiting class. I, so I guess two things. One, being a guy from Dade County at Pace, did you know all those guys? And somewhat, did you either know them personally or just know of them when they were coming in? I think, who said, Sean said you recruited them, basically. Yeah, I, I, I've been knowing Sean since middle school. And I knew I knew Forston because my cousin and his older brother was like best friends. So I ran into him like probably like a, a lot just in the city. And uh, but me and Sean went to the same middle school. I remember Sean was like, I remember watching him as a freshman at Northwestern, I remember writing on MySpace, like, hey, man, I see you doing your thing, man. Keep it up. I was at Pace at the time, and it was, it was just crazy to see him, like, grow. You know, he was always the biggest kid in middle school, and him playing as a freshman at Miami Northwestern, him and Marcus, and it was awesome, man. Like you said, I recruited him to you. I said, man, you're not going nowhere else. I said, man, I was, on his, I was in his inbox on, on MySpace every day writing him. MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> that group meant a lot at the time, right? Everyone thought that was going to be the turning point. As a Dade County guy who knew what was coming, was that exciting and big to you? Yeah, it was exciting, man, to see those eight guys from one school come to Miami, you know, from a national championship high school team and coming in and bringing in that pedigree that they had. You know, fortunately, man, things didn't play out how we wanted to play out, but those guys coming to Miami was a huge deal, you know, basically for the coaches to pretty much to secure all those guys off of 5-17. and 17. That, that goes to show you how, how those guys were recruiting back then also. A buddy of mine who loves recruiting, loves high school football, said, man, those Northwestern teams, the things they did going to Dallas, just hearing the stories about a kind of a Miami inner city team going up to like a suburban Texas team and whooping their butt. Like that team was legendary. Yeah, it was legendary. It was legendary. Just to hear those guys talk about like those stories of how like they went to Dallas and we up to play South Lake Carroll in Texas and hear those guys. Because like Marcus, Marcus Forsman gave a speech that everybody talked about. I want to hear it. Come on. Tell me about the speech. I haven't heard about it, so let's go. Man, the speech that they, the speech that Sean Spence, for every guy, everybody from the Western say that Marcus Forsen gave the speech of the century up in up in, uh, up in Texas. He, he said he, he had everybody crying. You know, he was basically saying, "Look, man, our families pretty much say or, or usually use they use their rent money to get up here to watch us play. We can't let them down." And like everybody was like, "You know what? Let's go!" And it was. He's when when Forston talks, everybody listen because he 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 don't really say much. You see on the part, he's just right now. He don't say much. He just like like the joking and say a few things. But when he talks, man, it's it's something serious. And then they whoop them pretty good. 
Oh, they beat them bad. They represented the city well, right? Almost definitely. They showed up big time. So speaking of recruiting, right, in this this last class, how important was it as a guy who was a part of the recruiting department to not only land talented guys, but to land talented local guys? Man, it, it was, that was that's, that's Coach Diaz's uh, biggest thing. You know, we're in South Florida, and we got, I think we got, we got two of the best guys in East County. You know, we got uh, Leonard Taylor, who was the best player in Dade County, and we got James Williams, the best, best player in Broward County. And once you get once you get those guys like that, it, it's, it's easy to recruit because think about it like this: every great player when a great player when to play each other. That's the easy part, you know. Once you got Jane committed, a lot of guys start calling. When we got Leonard committed, lost a lot of guys start calling. So that was a huge to just, just to keep those two guys and guys like Rashad Smith, Cameron Kitchens, Romello Brinson, uh, Jabari Ishmael, Khalil Brantley. Those guys are impact players. I'm excited about in these next two, three, four years. It sounds like also from a philosophy standpoint, and you talked about it being more personal, that a lot of what made this work was that you've known these guys for a long time, that you could develop real relationships with these kids. I remember Manny, you know, we were talking about, you know, you land a five-star guy, right? That's a big deal. I, I personally believe, you know, in this day and age in college football, you got to land big time dudes. But Manny had a great response as he always does. He goes, yeah, but when we first met him in ninth grade, he wasn't. But we that relationship blossomed over four years. Yeah, and it was crazy. We we met. I remember. I remember because I I was always hear about James Williams at Pace because I, I I went to Pace and and DVD man. This this the next great player, man. This great player. He came down to the junior day and that was my first year there. We hit it off. You know, I was like, man, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You got my number. I can't call you, but you called me. And he would call like once a week. It would talk, you know, about this. Just talk about life, you know. He was asked questions about, you know, like about girls, school, like that. I just like his big brother, and you know, I didn't really football part. I ain't talk about it because he that's that gonna that gonna that that gonna happen. It gonna play itself out. Cause I talk about you know life and just being real with the kid, and we became closer and closer every year. And and, and he was locked in, right there. It was unwavering with those guys. Yeah. Yeah, he committed. Then he decommitted, and then when he decommitted, I kind of. Yeah, I kind of understood why he decommitted, and we talked about it. I'm like, look, man, you know, it's still early. When it's time to sign, you're going to be a king. And he, he said, I am. So he, he kept his word, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited he did because he's going to be an excellent player. Hey, in your room, it's nice to have a James Williams. Oh, yeah, it, it makes me like a, a great coach. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what did T-Rob say in the podcast? Hey, man, we, we, don't, we don't have jobs if we don't have players. Exactly. Now that, 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 that's, that's something he, he, he harps on that a lot, man. Hey, man, you got to recruit. Got to bring in guys, man. We can bring some good guys. Just the nature of the business. Yeah. Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. Hey, you played with Jimmy Graham. You were on the team for the one-year experiment. So what do you think when, when he first came out? What, what was he like when you first saw him back then? Man, when we first saw Jimmy, you know, we, you know I always go to the basketball game, watch him play basketball, him, Jack McClain, all those guys like that. So we saw him on the basketball court. We were like, okay, this guy's a good basketball player. But well, we saw him on the field one day. He was out. He was actually outside working out with a. I want to say it was a, a NFL scout or somebody who was working him out. It was like, what is Jimmy doing? And a few weeks later, we found out he was joining the team. 
And his first few years of practice, everybody was looking like, this ain't going to work. Like, this is not going to work. It's not going to work because he was kind of like catching the ball, like all weird, because he had not played since high school. Towards the latter part of the spring, he started coming to his own. He started gaining his confidence, and nobody wanted to go against him one-on-ones. <laughs> I must feel like the – the linebackers didn't want to go against him. You know, we had to put the corners on him. And he just and he he's he was a good player for us, man. But did you think he'd be this? Because he is all time. He's one of the all-time greats at that position in NFL history. Okay, that B Tech game when we, when he dropped those passes. Right, yeah. That's when he turned it on. That's when he turned into Madman Jimmy. Like he didn't, he was out there catching passes like every day, extra work, boom, 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 boom. So we can we would have seen it in practice. Was like man, this this could this could be scary for the other team, and it was, and it, it went up to the NFL. And look at him now, man. It's like year twelve for him, something like that. Year thirteen. By the way, we started talking basketball at the beginning. So you mentioned Jack McClinton. I I, I broadcast uh, UN basketball for ten years. Traveled with the team on the plane in the in the meetings. Went to the tournament with them. I know you said you're a good ball player, but have you Jack McClinton had one of the sweetest shots going? Yeah, Jack. If you ask Jack, I, I call him top five because he's probably one of the one of the probably the top five players I ever seen play basketball my whole life. He was like, he was unstoppable. Like one game with, I think they played against Duke. He was just unstoppable. Oh, he was hitting shot. Cameron, you're talking about the one up there, right? He's hitting shots from 35 feet. Yeah, it was like, I was like, yo, this dude's unstoppable. And I, every time I see him, I'm like, yo, you top five, man. Like, I never seen, like, I, out of my whole basketball, like, out of my whole life, he's probably top three, top two of guys I've seen play basketball. Yeah, he, that junior year was insane. The year we went to the tournament, St. Mary's, I think he went for 32 in the second half. That dude yeah. couldn't miss. That dude could not miss. Um, can you set the record straight for me, please, on something? Yep. I think I got the kicker right, Uribe. Was he supposed to kick at the spiller or not? Oh, man. Uh, we, we we was told that he was going to squib it. That's what I heard. We was told he was going to squib it. So we was out there like, all right, it'll be a squib. But it wasn't a squib. It was a kick to the most dangerous man in college football that year. And it was crazy. It was crazy. It was, it was, it was a funny story, man. Like, he, he, he kicked it. We, 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 we ain't back him up on the kickoff team, man. We owe him, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, he owes you. <laughs> so 2009, right? I think you guys win nine games, right? So you've gone from five and seven to seven and six to nine and four, right? The Northwestern Nate comes in, you know, it's Randy Shannon at his alma mater. This thing's hopefully building uh, to where you wanted to go. What were you guys, as you prepared that offseason going into 2010, what were you guys thinking? What w- what was the mindset inside the program for what would have been, I guess, your senior year? Yeah, well, that that year we thought we were going to win. We were going to at least go to the BCS because we had everybody come back. You know, Alan Bailey came back. I came back. You know, we all those, all those pieces that, you know, that we needed on offense. You know, Leonard Hankerson was coming to his own. Travis Benjamin was coming to his own. Lamar Miller was – on, on fresh on the scene, busting kickoff return, punt returns. So we was like, we're gonna win. We're gonna we gonna go out there. Our first game, Ohio State. We're gonna beat those guys. It didn't happen. It was it was kind of like a, a punch in the, a a huge punch in the in the stomach, man. Because we we, we grind so hard that off season, you know, spring, you know, uh, summer, camp, fall camp. We was we, we, we like we was out there grinding, and it didn't go out go out way. You know, we I wish we get that year back that year back. I think we can, we can do some things, but that's not how life worked. But it was a, a, a huge punch in the gut, man, that we didn't 
at least get to a, a, a decent bowl game that year because we had a lot of talent that year. I think like seven guys got drafted off that team. I asked this question, Demarcus, philosophically, not not critically. What do you think went wrong? Like, if if you could, you know, now that it's weird, now you're in a position of coaching, right? Coaches are always looking back and, hey, if I did this or I did that. So if you could put your coaching hat on, what do you what do you think went wrong? I think we just, you know, it was just we just. I, it was we just didn't we we, we didn't some of some of the some of us didn't help out help out the coaches you know we was put in a position to make plays and we didn't make them myself included you know we I had a few chances to make some big time plays and I didn't make them, but I made some big time plays but if you want to be a big time program you got to make all those big time plays and we didn't make them and it cost Coach Channing his job and he did everything for it off the field on the field and make sure we graduated. And we kind of gave him the short end of the stick. And um, that's kind of why I, I, that's my opinion on that situation. Do you guys talk about it? Like that group that that came on the podcast, is that something you guys talk about or you it's gone? Oh, when we talk about that once, a, at least once or twice a year, like we just women, it's like, man, we, we, like, we could have been special. Like we, all of us in that chat, you know, had, you know, pretty much played in the NFL for like four to five years. You know, I think, uh, Travis, he, I think this year nine, Lamar, just year nine for Lamar, Sean, like eight uh, years, he did seven years, Brandon Harris did five, I did five, Allen Bailey did 10, you know, we had a lot of, Olivier Vernon, that, that team was loaded with talent, Colin McCarthy, Leonard Hankerson, and we always reminisce about it. every time we link up or we go to somebody's house, we like, man, like what could have happened, you know, we just, just a little bit better, you know, and Maybe we if we would have we would have won at least ten games that year, Miami would have had Teddy Bridgewater. I think. Yeah, I hear that. So now this is the ultimate question. Now that you've been through it as a player and you've had a little bit of defeat, right? A, a little gut, a little gut punch. It didn't go the way you wanted. If it works out here as a coach, investing that kind of time, you imagine how? Have you thought about how sweet that would be to be a, a champ? Uh, at your school in a, in a meaningful way now as a full-time staff member? It'd be so good, you know, just to, to get that winning feeling, you know, back at the U, man. You know, we, we're, 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 I think we're on the right path, you know, with Coach Diaz at the helm and things like that. Like you say, it, it'd, be, it'd be so awesome to get that feeling, you know, just that's why I, I, I kind of, I talked to the DBs today. I was like, hey, man, what are you guys doing to get better? You know, you, you're getting better, you're getting worse, you never stay the same. I said, man, you know, last year, you know, a lot of people, they took their shots at the cornerbacks. You know, they said we, we didn't play up to standard. So what are you guys going to do to play to the standard? So I tell them that every day, and I think we have a great group of guys. And, I, and then I think this will be good, a good group, a good, good year for those guys also. All right, so you can, you can picture being on the podium, Manny's holding the trophy, the confetti's falling down, you're hugging T-Rob, tears, smiles. You, I imagine you picture that in your head, right? Oh, yeah. That's going to be the best feeling ever. Hopefully, man. I, I'm going to speak it to the existence. That's that going to happen. Speak it into existence. You got to paint that picture. When you're recruiting, paint that picture. You got to speak it to existence. All right. Hey, DVD, man, you're the best. Thanks for going behind the you with us, telling all those great stories. Appreciate you, man. You're the best. Can't wait to see you when all this stuff ends. I know, man. Same here, man. Be safe, man. Be good.